podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast. A not really vengeance related version of the Touchline Media Group, but hey, I mean, sometimes when you need just a draw against Trinidad and Tobago, you get a draw or better against Trinidad and Tobago. And when lazy journalists need to write something easy, it's right there for you. There you go. There you go. Uh, I am your host, Asa, a.k.a. The Twig. Uh, I am joined by my co-hosts, uh, uh, Benny uh, Halfspace and uh, Kevy. What, what did we go with? Kevy Case. Oh, wait, now. Commander Holyfield. Commander Holyfield, right. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. So this, uh, this episode is brought to you by Smith Workforce Management Group, whoever Bloyer decides to put in. Um, bird dogs. We don't have approval on the ads yet. Uh, I, as of recording, uh, but as of posting, I will have made a decision about whether the proposed ad reads find their way in. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Um, so yeah, so, um, we had a must result against Trinidad Tobago and, um, well, we, we, we got a result. <laughs> I, I, I don't know that we learned anything other than some of our players are bad, but you know, cool. That's my biggest thing is like you you like demand perfection in games like this. So like sloppy touches in the middle like are not going to get punished by Trinidad, but sloppy touches against Honduras could get punished. You know what I mean? Like th- these are pretty down down the the rung opponents. Um, but also yeah. also to be fair, pretty down the rung players. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you guys remember when Klinsman was in charge and we were getting like outplayed by Haiti and Curacao? Like, yes. And that was with the A team, if I'm remembering correctly. This is like we're thoroughly outplaying these guys, which you know is what you're supposed to do. But at least they're doing it. So I, I think like that's what com- and like I, I apologize to the half of our fan base that's going to stop listening to us now. But um, part of the benefit of having a program in place that has an actual program and has an actual way of playing that has been drilled now for five, four-ish years, five-ish years, um, four years. I don't remember when Berhalter came in, 2019, yeah. Everything's a year later than it should be. Right, like in my head, it it should have been 2018, but we were doing Sarachin, Sarachin, Sarachin. Um, Big Dave. Do you know all three C's in Pacific Ocean are pronounced differently? Really? Weird, Pacific Ocean, yeah, huh. Anyways, um, so we've been doing like this, like four, three, three recycle possession, quasi false nine thing for four years now. Um, well, really three, two, ever since we decided to give up on the four, four, two Berhalter 1.0 thingy. Um, but, um, but like, I, I think like down the list, like people know more or less what they're supposed to do. And so if people know what they're supposed to do, when you get against teams that like cannot hang against you from a talent perspective and make no mistake, every player on America would, would be the best player on Trinidad and Tobacco. I think, I think that's like in a, a fairly easy comment to make. Um, 
Yeah. Although I like that eleven. I liked eleven on uh on Trinidad. He 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 turned uh Dewan Jones like a couple times. He seemed pretty strong. Your Michigan State yeah. boys showed out pretty well though. Yeah, I thought I thought he played that that's two games against nothing that he played really well. Right. Now, granted, if Michigan State can play really well against two nothing opponents, <laughs> that works for me um to start the season. Uh we'll see. Um, but yeah, so I, I think like sort of broad brushes, um, what we learned from this is that like, we did the job we were supposed to do in the group stage. We finished first and we avoid Mexico and Canada. And it's hard to remind yourself that this can't, you can't really extrapolate a lot about it. Cause I'm like, in my head, I'm like, man, Brian Reynolds looks really good. Like, is he desk back up? And I'm like, well, he just toasted two Caribbean na- island nations that didn't, I mean, I mean, but he did it like, I, I don't know. Sure. No, well, it's, it's, I've, I've made this analogy before on this podcast, but like these games, they're not, they're summer league, they're NBA summer league in NBA summer league. You can't figure out who's good, but you absolutely can figure out who's bad. And like two goals aside, I think that we learned that certain people are bad. Um, and like, you know, I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't well, know. I'm now thoroughly confused by Jesus Ferreira. Like I've always kind of had a soft spot for him just because I like the way he plays, but also he's got this whole flat track bully pirate of the Caribbean yeah. thing going. So yeah. it's a great nickname. It's a great. It's nickname. a. It's a. I, I. If I. If I wasn't rate limited by Twitter, I would figure out who invented it. Okay, I have yet to run into this rate limit thing. What are people complaining about? Oh, I have. Okay, um, is it just scrolling too much? I guess. Oh, I, huh. you know, like passive absent-minded scrolling. Um, oh, right. so let's, let's, let's do the thing. Let's go through the lineup. Did Matt Turner do anything tonight? Uh, did he get a hand on that one ball that went off the post? I don't never, think so. They never replayed it, but like one of the commentators said, did he get a piece of that? But I, I don't, I don't ever recall seeing a replay, but no, he made that one save at the near post. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, whatever he did what he's supposed to do. Yeah, no, no, like, I'm not mad at him, but, like, I just, like, uh, I think that he 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 did what he normally does, which is not allowing any goals. Um, yeah. And, like, in possession, I think he was, like, boring, which is, and, and again, like, I, I like to take a step back on these things, but, like, it's such a step up to have Matt Turner be boring in possession. Yes. Like, yes. I, I think, like, we need to, like, take a second to just be like, oh, cool. Um also, I, I don't know. I think we talked about it briefly last week, um, but Gaga Slonina is is the backup at Chelsea. Um, and and that's like a thing going into the season. Is he so officially, like, is he officially uh, Keppa? Is it Keppa or uh, Mendy? Yep. Keppa. Mendy's in Saudi. Oh, okay. Oh, really? So he's, yeah. wait, you said he's number two officially? That's what they're saying. Huh. Interesting. Um, so... so- Club profile is no more, no less than Matt Turner right now. Maybe you should get right. a game. Maybe you would, you you would think so. I I I have a tough spot with like with Sean Johnson because I actually really like Sean Johnson. Um, like I I think like he's like a, a really great soldier to have as a like adult third keeper. But like he's now prevented Gaga Slonina from playing twice, and it's pissing me off. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like it's now beginning to piss me off. Well, this is um, one of those games where you would think Slonina would get a game because, like, it's the third group stage game against you know an island nation. I, but maybe because we were still sort of in doubt with uh, you know with uh, Jamaica for topping the group, maybe he didn't. I don't know. What do you think, Kev? I don't know. 
when I saw Johnson, so I thought that Turner was just going to like play the tournament. And then when I saw Johnson get a game, I'm like, oh, okay, they're going to go like one, two, three in the group stage. So I really expected to see him, but um, apparently not. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the next game is more or less probably going to be a waste of time too, but he's not going to get a knockout round game. So, so who do we, who do, who are we likely to play next game? Uh, Canada. We are likely to play Canada. Really? Yep. Um, Canada is currently third in their group. Um, <laughs> and they play Cuba. Uh, so they'll, they'll presumably win, but unless, yeah, that it's likely going to be Canada. Canada went from like, a, Ooh, they're an up and coming dangerous nation to like, dumpster fire in a relatively quick period of time yeah um you well, out about canada's like roster composition being like you know like mls where you've got like three attacking dps some tam midfielders and then like a bunch of like journeymen like everywhere else on the on the roster i don't know if it was one of the two of you maybe not but i thought that no, was, like, it was someone else that was funny i think like the dps were like davies and Jonathan David. Yeah, it's Davies David and um and Buchanan or Larea. And then the, like the TAM was uh the other one and like either Larea or Buchanan and um and like Alistair Johnson or something. Have you guys heard the uh it's a a roster building phrase for the NFL, stars and scrubs? Yes. That's precisely it. that. <laughs> um I don't know if they're like <clears throat> I don't think they were ever as good as they look in qualifying, and I don't think they're as bad as they've looked in the last, like, yeah, three weeks. Fair. They're probably somewhere in the middle. They I are think... going to an issue, though, where, like, at a certain point, you do have to be able to control a game and control the midfield. And, like, they, they made it through qualifying just basically, like, against a very anemic... I mean, all right, the best attacks in, like, World Cup qualifying were kind of poor. Like, the U.S. did not score a lot of goals. We were dysfunctional, constantly injured. So they didn't really have to do much to like defend. Whereas like they their inability to control the game now with their midfield is like kind of showing up to bite. Well, and one, one of the things that I remember from the uh, qualifying too is the U.S. really wanted to control the ball and play through, and Canada was perfectly fine with just sitting right. back and counterattacking. The last time we played Canada, we just booted it a lot, and <laughs> if you're going to do that, no, gonna, yeah. they're going to have trouble. I, right. I, I think I think the thing is with Canada is that like. I think that they got very high on their own supply with a very down Mexico and a an America that like was not taking it seriously. Like you you cannot tell me that America was taking it seriously with our Panama away setup. Yeah. Um and so like we didn't take it seriously. Our game at home against them was like, yeah, it was poor. And then our game in Canada was was ridiculous, right? Like if I recall correctly, it was like 20 degrees on like concrete surface. Like it was just not a serious game. Yeah. Um, there was that was, and I guess to say we didn't take it seriously. To be fair, I think that Berhalter was trying. Like I think you're giving like a pass on that Panama I, roster. Like, like, like as a football nation, we're not taking, we're not we're not a serious football nation playing that roster. Is that what you mean to say? No, I'm. I, what I mean is, I I think that throughout his career, and and I and I can give you examples, but like throughout his career, Greg Berhalter, when he feels he can get away with it, pulls shit. And, like, you saw it because, like, the moment he felt he could no longer pull shit, he just played his best players in their best positions. And, like, when when push came to shove, he was like, oh, shit, I'm going to play Gio Reyna in 
you know, these games. I'm going to, you know, in the second half against Netherlands, Gio Reyna played 45 minutes. That was more than the, the rest of the time combined. Um, you know, when push came to shove, he always brought in his best roster and, and named his best teams. Um, but I think I, I do believe that especially when he, he thinks he has lead time and he thinks that he has room, he'll like, he'll try stuff. He'll just be like, I think he gets, maybe this guy can do it. I think he gets more pragmatic as stuff gets real. If that that's, that's a better way of saying what I'm saying. Like you're, you're, you're putting it in like a coherent statement (laughs) as opposed to what I'm saying, which is like, dude, try shit when he doesn't care. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. I'm not exactly sure I'd phrase it that way, but yeah, when, when push comes, to, when push comes to shove, maybe he's not going to trot Jackson Ewell out as a deep lying six and right. put Tyler Adams there and let him run. And like, my thing is, is that like, it, in fact, I would argue that he, he did too much of that, right? Like he didn't let Tyler Adams off the field. <laughs> like he, he, he was, he was so unwilling to like try stuff that he was like, nope, not doing it. Can, so- can we- all right, can we skip ahead a level since we're talking about Tyler Adams, then come back to the defense? Yeah, sure. What do we think about James Sands as Tyler Adams is back up at this point? I think that that puts us in a very bad position, and I think it's also probably the answer. <laughs> I think that they ate Aiden Morris. <laughs> well, so, do we know why he left? I like, like, I know that the official reason was quote personal reasons unquote, but like. Is it like personal reasons like, oh, we wish him and his family the best? Or is it personal reasons like we're going to find out that he Miles Bridges someone like tomorrow? Not sure. Uh, okay. Well, we're we're holding Aiden Morris and his close family in our thoughts at this time. We're not sure which of them specifically. So on the topic of Tyler Adams and like the lone deep line six. So do we think it's safe to say that although... BJ Callahan's on the sidelines, like Berhalter's like very involved in this process at this point. Yeah, has to be. So we have played more double pivot in the last three weeks than I think we've ever played. And I'm curious if Berhalter had some time to reflect and realize that there's, we may not get in this generation of players or next generations of players, a Tyler Adam replacement. So rather than continuing to look for the Tyler Adam replacement, you play a Tyler Adam replacement formation where you play a double pivot and then you suck one of your better attacking players. You just say, screw it, we're going to go with four attackers and two guys are going to have to do the, the work of Adams and you go with it. And like, I don't know if, I feel like we didn't play a lot of double pivot. It was always like the triple eights or like two eights and a six. Right. And I, I think, I think yeah. the other thing to, to say to your point there, Kevin, is, we have what four ish midfielders for three spots and like maybe, way, maybe five. I maybe. mean, the way, the way Greg was playing, like during the world cup, if one of MMA couldn't go, we were screwed. If you throw Reina into that and then you can split the other, or, you know, if you can split the minutes four ways instead of three ways, you'd have, I don't know, flexibility or, you know, injury backups or whatever. So, yeah, I think what you're saying there, Kevin, is true. And I and I think the reality is, is that I think that Greg operated under the theory that Luca Della Torre and uh, Kellen Acosta were better than they were. Um, and like that, that cuts across the MLS, you know, army and, and Euro snob and whatever. 
like both of them, I think profiled out better than, than they played. And Luca, Luca is disappointing to me at this point with the national team, not, not in his club, but like, have, have we seen him do anything other than once a game, carry the ball for 30 yards and then do nothing with it? Well, and, and three years is a long time. So who knows, but I, there aren't a ton of midfielders that are on a track to be a Musa McKenney level player Adams. I mean, you, like I said, you never know. There could be some 17 year old kid. Maybe, who is, maybe you're you know, looking at like, well, like you look at it and you're like, okay, maybe Pedro Soma hits in a massive way. He's the U17 six. Maybe Obed Vargas, maybe Tanner Tessman. But like you're 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 talking about guys who are not getting minutes in MLS or are are bossing it in the second division of Spain or of Italy. Like that's not reliable. That's not something that we can say, like, oh, okay, plug and play, let's go. Yeah. Well, and I, the thing I oh, sorry, go ahead, Kevin. I was gonna say, even Musa is a is a, the exception of this because he truly is still so flipping young and is so good. Yeah. But Adams is not a teenager anymore. McKenney's not a teenager. Like they are at the beginning years of their true like prime. And this is, you know, this is when they've started to really look like, Hey, these are the guys that can be like dominant. So could Obed Vargas end up having a career as good as McKenney or Adams? Maybe I'm not going to say that he does. And if I had to guess, I'd say no, but he could. But the fact is that Obed Vargas is still like 16 or 17 years old. Like he may not, he's not going to hit his, you know, Tyler Adams age until like 2030. So right. yeah, th- there's not like these 19 to 21 year old dudes that are floating around that feel like these obvious like people to slot in. Right. And I mean, well, at, at Vargas's age, uh, McKenney was, I think, already at Schalke. Tyler Adams was, you know, running the Red Bull midfield and like there were already rumors that he was going somewhere. I mean, unless I'm like missing something, there's nobody like that at the moment. It's the, the, the guys you go through and and like, especially like you go through our, like our U20 setups. It's like yeah. Nico Securis who's like, okay, he's nice. Um, you know, pay, uh, Obed Vargas, Jack McGlynn, who's not a thing. Um, the other one, Ro, Ro, uh, Rokas Puktas. Like maybe, I guess, maybe, maybe he could be one. Just he's kind of like off the radar. He's playing first yeah. division in Croatia, like Hayduk split or something. Yeah. Right? Maybe, maybe he's someone that like we're not properly profiling. I think some of it too is also just getting players like in the right club uh, situations. Well, and, and if I could, like, wow, these guys are good. Yeah, I mean, if we could jump back to Sands for a second, like he, I found him impressive in part because the other midfielders have not been like, mm. you know, the, the war stat in baseball, like yeah. wins above replacement. I feel like Mihailovic and Busio are like perfect zeros. They are replacements. So, like, so, so I put I, them on Canada. They're like, oh yeah, it's that one guy who plays for Canada sometimes. Like they're that level of player, whatever. So Busio to me, like, he like, it's very weird. I'm, I don't know what position he plays. I like every other time he comes out, it's like, ah, he's a deep line playmaker who can ping balls around. Okay, cool. Tempo setter. And then the next time it's like, oh, he's playing like he's a wannabe Wes McKenney playing mostly in like a, the half space runs, attacking area. runs into the box. and Right. Yeah. Like what is, wh- and, and maybe that's the point with him is that it's like, what is he good at? Like, what does he do well? that you would say, oh, he can be someone who can, who can do a job for us. Mihailovic, I think is just like, not a midfielder. I like, I, I think that's, that's his issue. Well, and Sam says impressed me too, because like, 
He's very smart. He, I don't think he, he has the athleticism to like, he didn't apparently work out with uh, in the Scottish league. So I don't know what that's all about, but like, I don't know if you noticed it tonight. I think it was the second half when uh, TNT came out and pressed and looked like they were going to maybe put us in a bad spot. And Sands completely like played the ball into a spot they didn't expect. And it was like, the press was over. Like he knows what to do with the ball when he gets it and moves it fast. Here's, so, I, like, I don't know that I like here's, that. Yeah. Here's a fun, here's a fun question. Who's older, James Sands or Gianluca Busio? <laughs> it's gotta be Sands, right? It is Sands. Sands yeah, is- has just been in the new, he got signed as like a 12 year old with SKC and he's been in, in so- the news forever. That's what Buzio, I think you asked earlier, what does he do well or what is he good at? He was really good at being like a 17-year-old with like very obvious like technical. He was very clean on the ball. Like Sands, Sands is two years older than Buzio. Yeah. Buzio has not developed, I feel like. I feel like he's the same player at last Gold Cup. And I feel like he's the same player that we saw through like qualifying. He's always just, he's hit the ball. He hits the ball well. He's kind of got that like Acosta thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he's always just hit the ball well. But like, I, I don't, I don't know what he does. I don't, well think, enough to I don't know if it's like his speed of thoughts there. He, he, he's not physically very big. He's not a very good athlete. So like. He has to be technically to, there and he's not. Right. You have to, exactly. You have to overcompensate. You have to be able to compensate for that with like something else in your game. And he's not that technically gifted or that smart. Like he doesn't make like smart turns. He doesn't make these like great dummies where all of a sudden you're like, oh wow, like how do you like without how him, did he find himself in ten yards of space? That's weird. Right. Or or like a some type of a body faint where like without him even touching the ball as he's rolling in front of him, like a guy like goes the wrong way. I don't know. I'm not like I don't want to to, to bang on the guy, but um like when he I had really high expectations for him. I thought that he, I, I honestly thought that he was going to physically develop a bit more than he has. Yeah. He's still like, he looks like a skinny little teenager. Yeah. I mean, he's still, he's still probably like, he's five, what? Five, six, five, seven, five, eight, 120, 130 pounds. Yeah. Like, like, he's just not a big guy. And like, I think the thing is though, again, like he just turned 21. He's five yeah. ten. There's no way. He's not five ten. I don't care. I one forty three according to no way. whatever this is. No way. No way. Just no way. Um, there's just zero way that happens unless he just like he looks much slimmer. Uh, in in our in our in our setup and I mean, maybe and, they measured from the top of his hair down. Yeah, they could, or maybe he's wearing a good pair of shorts. You know, there are certain pairs of shorts that really make you look slim, like, you know, Greg. We have a lot of fun on this podcast, but I think the reason we have a lot of fun is because we both don't like to wear pants. Is that correct? I am a staunch advocate of never wearing pants. But you do have to wear something, right? Legally, when I go outside, yes. Uh, When I'm not outside, it's really up to interpretation. So I guess, like, the real question is, is there something that you could wear that, that makes you look good? but also looks vaguely, I don't know, acceptable in public? Well, you know, I've heard of these new things called bird dogs, which are neither birds nor dogs. We'll get to the Mm. false advertising later. But, uh, you know, they are stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg. 
which gives me a truly sculpted look. So if I were to compare these to, to maybe another brand uh, that I, I don't know why we're, we're mentioning actual trade names in an advertisement, but hey, that's what we were told to do. Uh, what would you compare it to? Bird dog shorts do the exact same thing <laughs> as that brand that starts with an L and ends with lemon, but fit way better. Well, I'm not going for copyright infringement. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get in trouble either. Um, what if, but, but, but could you compare them to, say, like, your normal everyday khaki shorts? Yeah, fuck cotton. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. <laughs> yeah, cotton's super restricting. That's what everybody says about it. Um, it does bird dogs have any proprietary uh, technology, right? Everybody likes technology. Do they have anything new that they did? Yeah, they did a bunch of ketamine and came up with and fixed this issue by invent, inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches. So you get a way slimmer fit. You guys can't do it, but I'm doing this, this slimmer fit. You can't see it without having to sacrifice any movement. Well, that's great. Um, Greg, do you like smelling like shit in your shorts? I <laughs> no, so I I try not to shart very hard, but just in case I do, Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps me cool and dry all day long. Uh well I guess, you know, if if I wanted to purchase a pair of these shorts that are neither birds nor dogs, what could I do? You should go to www.birddogs.com dot com backslash pool that's pool p-o-o-l like liverpool but you know better and enter promo code again pool p-o-o-l for a free yeti style tumbler nope <laughs> your order that's birddogs.com backslash pool for a free tumbler you you won't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you. Please, please, please don't sue us. We really don't have a lot of money. That was the first lead into uh to Shitty Bird Dogs ad. I'm I'm so excited. All right. Um but just to, to put I sorry, I I heard it and I had to go. That was just a great, a great transition. Um but I think just to put the bow on Busio for right now, like I think he's fine as in our sort of like second or third team. Like, I, I don't, I just don't think that he is right now as a 21 year old guy who just turned 21. I don't think he's someone who sniffs our national team, but like, keep in mind, he's 24 in 2026 right. or no. Yeah. He turns 24, like a couple months before that world cup starts, which yeah, is I mean, ostensibly his, his prime. James Sands will be 27. 26 yeah, I mean, you, when did how old was jamie vardy when he started banging in goals like 28 like you, you never know you, you never, never know but like i think i think i don't i i think it's to use a phrase from a website that probably doesn't like me very much if they know about me at all um it's getting late early for for Busio. Yeah. um like i i i don't want to count him out because he's just learned you know just three months removed from being able to drink legally in america but like He's been around a long time and you would figure someone who's been around a long time would have made that jump in a way that we would see it beyond right. just, you know, I wonder, when is his, I wonder when his contract is up. 
with Venezia. I don't want him to get um, Linton Gooch, where he just like goes down with the ship and just keeps sinking. Yeah. Like, not that Linton Gooch was ever like flagged with any kind of like hope, like Busio maybe was, but he was a guy during like the dark era of like U.S. soccer, where like he was at least playing like at a level that was a bit above most of our dudes. Like Premier League, right? Yeah, but he just has been stuck down. He's never left the club. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe he just didn't have any suitors, but. I don't know. You want to go to the back line now, Asa? Yeah, let's do it. Um, I want to talk talk about Brian Reynolds. You want to talk about Brian Reynolds? Let's talk about Brian Reynolds. Um, Okay, so across the back, we had our, in our band of four, we had Reynolds, um, a half with Miles Robinson, a half with Matt Miazga, um, Jalen Neal, and Dewan Jones. Um, Reynolds came out, what, in like the 60th, 75th minute-ish? For DeAndre Yedlin, um, because I I don't know. John Tolkien is, is on the track to be John Brooks, I guess. Have we considered that Greg Berhalter doesn't name like people named John? It's as likely a theory as many I've read on the internet. Maybe that's the reason why John O'Brien hasn't gotten a call up. I, I expected that 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 line to get get a bigger laugh. I'm, <laughs> I I gotta tell you. Sorry, I have Children fighting upstairs that should be in bed, so I need you to close the door. Good luck, man. Sorry. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, so I, I think first things first, I was very happy to see Miles out there. Um, even if just for a half, even on a minutes restriction. Like I I've gotten to the point, and this is like the, the least Euro snobby thing about me. Like, I've gotten to the point where it's like I feel comfortable when Miles Robinson is on the field. Like I'm just happier when he's there. Well, and that I don't know, that game wasn't a Miles Robinson game because He's at his best being like the defender putting up fires. I'm going to lock you up. And like, he just didn't have to do any of that. Jalen Neal, on the other hand, has some talent on the ball. And I'm very excited to see how that develops. So, so like talking about like young people who you like have expectations for, like Jalen Neal against the minnows of CONCACAF and Jamaica has like gone in my head from like, Oh, like, okay, let's see who knows, whatever. He's 19 to like, this dude is going to be starting next to Chris Richards. Could be. Like, he'll be 22, I think. Um what is he now, 19? He is 19, turns... Well, he turns 20 in August. Okay. So, like, get, he'll be 23, 24, which is, like, that's fine. That's yeah. not a big deal. I give the U.S., like, some, some like, evaluation credit on this, because they were giving him caps before he was, like, playing for the Galaxy. Right. Yeah. He was, like, a Galaxy 2 player, and I was like, what is this dude, like, doing in camp? But... Um, I don't know how he's been playing this year for club. I know that the Galaxy are, are absolutely horrible, but um, I don't know. Hopefully he can get a move on somewhere. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to give anybody any sort of guff for how, for playing on Galaxy because Galaxy are terrible. Um, and they're like ter- terrible, like for a lot of reasons from top to bottom. Um, but like, I think regardless of the setup, like, if you if you're 19 and you're starting for a, a top 20 league in the world, like I'm going to pay attention. And right. like in this setup where he has people around him who more or less are as good as he is, if not better, he looks great, you oh, know. Yeah. And he and he keeps his head up, like you know that like that like quarterback thing about his is like his eye line, like he's always looking up, which is like such a nice thing to have. Well, and again, like. <laughs> It sucks, but what do you get in the Gold Cup? Two games that are really going to be a test. 
So we just need to get to the final, play Mexico, and see how he does. Like that's yeah. the whole that's like the whole point of this tournament now for him and really for everybody at this point. You need to you need to play Mexico and then you can actually show like should we take you seriously or not? Or can we, you know, can does Jesus, you know, Ferreira scoring six goals in two games matter? Like it does not, you know. but we'll get there. <laughs> um no no, I, I'm super excited to see him against uh Martin and Jimenez, like the the strikers for Mexico, if we get to see them. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be super excited to see him against, you know, I don't know, who's who's Canada throwing out there up top now? Akinola. <laughs> um I, you know, whatever. I mean, theoretically, the second best, like the third best team in this tournament we've already played, right? Like Jamaica brought a pretty stacked roster. Mm-hmm. And and when push came to shove, like he was fine against Mikel Antonio, Leon Bailey, and um Damari Gray. Gray yeah. Like he, he was fine. Um Dewan Jones, I I I, I will get to Brian Reynolds in a second because I want to spend some time with him. Um Matt Miazga did his Matt Miazga thing. He's not as good as I want him to be. He's not as bad as people say he is. It's fine. Um Dewan Jones, I think like has some sauce, has some I some movement. He wasn't 26. I also wish he was not 26. He's good. Like, he's good enough. He's, like, definitely good enough for the Gold Cup. I, I don't think he's good enough that I want him to be starting in a game that I care about in World Cup qualifying. But, like, for this, sure. I think that's probably the best way to put it, is that it's, like, for for Nations League prelim games and the Gold Cup, I, I want Dewan Jones called up every time. Like, for those games, or or for games that happen in non-FIFA windows, or when we play Oman and Uzbekistan and we don't want... Jedi to get more, you know, tread on his wheels. Like, sure, whatever. All right. Speaking of Jedi, can we talk about Reynolds now? Yeah, let's go. All right. I try. I tried to. I tried to tw- tweet. Tried to message about this a little bit too. Like, he really is starting to remind me of a right-footed Jedi. Like, he's kind of got the same lankiness about him. He he. When he's dribbling, he pushes it just a little too far ahead to where you think he's not going to get it, but then he kind of does. So fast. Yeah, and also, like, in watching this game, he was the person I wanted with the ball. Like, every yeah. time he had the ball, I was like, oh, something good is going to happen here. So, like, and I didn't really feel like that about anybody else. I guess maybe you started to feel that, like, once uh, Ferrer got into it. But, like, yeah, he's been super impressive offensively. I'm not sure where he's at defensively, but he's been very impressive offensively. I think my my view of Brian Reynolds is, you know when you have a, a cornerback like a freshman cornerback who's six three and and fast, and you're like, I just need to play him because at some point he's going to be the best cornerback in, in the country, and we're going to have some some screw ups at some point defensively that will lead to a goal slash touchdown. But I live with that. Um, to use Michigan like Michigan football right now, it's Will Johnson. Like last year, you were just like, well, we're going to get burned at some point probably, but you got to do it. Well, um, he was already the best cornerback on the team by the end of the season. Which but is like, a separate issue about hopefully Reynolds will be doing that too. But but like but like you look at him and you're just like, I get why Roma paid a lot of money for him. Like you yeah. see it. But and like then they should not have hired Jose Mourinho. Right. Like players. <laughs> yes. Um like like the coach and the, the scouting director need to talk to each other every now and then. Right. Communicate. Um, but but like he's he's so toolsy and he's not terrible with the ball at his feet. Like there are no. a couple times where it's like Oh, that was bad. But like the probably like the most like signature moment for me of him was like he dribbled to nowhere, was surrounded by three people, and just like, oh, I'm gonna backheel it to was it 
Mihailovic or whatever. Yeah. Well, he kind of like screwed up earlier. Like he messed up like the receive or something and yeah. like, oh, well, he's blown it. And then you're like, oh, like my wife was walking through the room and she's like, that was tricky footwork. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Um, and What's like, I think. situation right now? Didn't he go on loan and then. Yeah. I, th- I think that like the, he, the last I remember about it was them saying um, that he wants to stay in Belgium or Netherlands or wherever he is. Um, and Roma's like sort of cool with it. And so yeah, like, I, mean, I think that he might get loaned out to another squad out there. And then when Roma move on from Josie, because they played well this year, and which means that they're in a Josie hangover year. Hey, um, this is as of three hours ago from some Roma blog. Meanwhile, Brian Reynolds is set to return to Westerlo in Belgium on a permanent deal. Great. Breaking news. Great. Perfect. Like, I, I love the idea of him playing for a mid-table nothingness team mm-hmm. in Belgium. It's like, you got to you got to defend a bit. You got to attack a bit. You're going to play week in, week in, week out. Like, that's fine. He's older. And then, like, he's 22. I thought he was, like, 19 or 20, but still. I, mean, I always confuse his age with Justin Che. Yeah. Like, I, I consider them the same person age-wise, and they are not. Um. But yeah, I mean, like he's he's twenty two, but he's only twenty two. Yeah, he's and like, yeah, he's big. Um, but like yeah. the thing is, is that like when you look at him as like, okay, who's our backup right back? If Scally is our backup left back, then you're like, shit, why not? Like he's better than Yedlin. Well, and it also could be like a horses from courses thing. Do we need a goal? Put Reynolds on. Do you need to hold that? Do you need to hold a lead? Put Scally on. I mean, I don't know if we have yeah. the roster flexibility for that, but that would make sense. Well, I th- I think maybe what it is is it's like. It, it, do we like we bring Scally as a nominal backup left back, but like if push comes shove, he can be the backup right back right. in a in a stay at home situation. Um, and also like you can you can have a situation where you bring like a Reggie Cannon, and it's like okay, he's your fourth center back and also your stay at home right back. Isn't he moving too? Isn't isn't he? Yeah, Bovista Bo, Bo hasn't apparently hasn't paid him in like six months. Yeah, I would. And oh, Dallas like ten million dollars or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the problems that they that they paid Dallas. You want to know why they they are bankrupt right now? Because they agreed to pay Dallas ten million dollars for Reggie Cannon. That was their I, first. I mean, paying anything for Reggie Cannon probably was a decision. Um, yeah, I, 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 I he was still a good prospect back then. Yeah, and I like so, Reggie Cannon actually, uh, but he he was like a, a, a an offensively limited right back. Like he wasn't going to turn into like. Oxley Chamberlain, I don't, whatever. I, yeah. I thought it was like a weird, like Peppy. All right, twenty million for Peppy. That was a bad piece of business, but at least if that hits, like he's a sixty million dollar player. Right. Yeah. Richie Kane been like an exceptional, the best version of himself, and crushed it for Boa Vista, and he's like a twelve million dollar player. Like, the best, I, the best version of Reggie Cannon is a small right sided center back, uh, who's not yeah. gonna carry the ball that well like weird decision by a club that clearly makes a lot of bad decisions so why because they went out of business and can't pay you think that's a bad sign um yeah pretty much (laughs) yeah i I don't i don't think there's much to say about this back line um in this game because like although i do want to give Jalen neal a shout out for um the the most obvious tactical foul of all time like he needs to be stronger because like he he was he was backpacking that dude and that's not what you want (laughs) Hey, props to him for taking it though. So, yeah, mature move. Yeah. 
just from like a shithousery point of view, I would like him to to do a little better there. At least from the back line for the group stage is fun. Reynolds and like Neil, like you saw, like I, I saw enough where I want to see more of them because they have potential for different reasons. Um, everything else, who cares? <laughs> uh, yeah. We're ready to talk about the hot garbage that is Ellen De- uh, that is in Dayhouse at this point. I think I think that it's summed up by I don't remember it was one of you two who who sent that text in the group chat, but I thought that he was going to raise our winger floor and he has not. Uh, like, yeah, that was Kevin. <laughs> I've, I've been very let up. For for the the amount of like minutes and productivity and like seemingly like the 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 credit that he gets playing at like Club America, who is you know I I put like them a, a tier above like most of like the clubs in MLS. I really thought that he was going to be an obvious plus player coming onto the field in a especially in a Gold Cup roster, where it was like okay these aren't even like these are not our first choice players anywhere. And he's looked like poor. I thought he might like be the focal point of our offense because mm-hmm. our wingers have done nothing. Like I, I think I think I'm going to retract my statement, but I thought honestly Christian Roldan was our best winger, and Cade Cowell had a good you know second half Kate, here. So Kate, maybe of him now. But. So uh, Cade Cade Cowell is is I'm going to I'm going to start putting this out there, but Cade Cowell is Manu Ginobili. You can't start him, but like off the bench, the dude is awesome. I don't know what it is, but like off the bench, Cade Cowell is our best winger. Starting, he can't, you can't play him. Yeah, I don't know. But like I said, I was hoping Zendejas was going to be like the focal point of our offense. Maybe he can like displace, you know, uh, Brennan Aronson as like the fourth winger or something. And he's just been awful. Like there was one point in the second half where like Holden was kind of talking about him like, oh, he's lost his confidence. He just doesn't look right, whatever, whatever. But there was a point in the second half, maybe, I don't know, towards the end of it or whatever, but he's going down the left wing and like, there's just an open cross to Ferreira for a tap in. And he doesn't even try it. He tries to like cut back and take some sort of shot. Like he's just playing, like making bad decisions. He's playing like garbage. Like, I don't know. Like, and he's I'm 25. Very frustrated by him. <laughs> and he's 25. Yes. So it's like, why why go through the growing pains with him? You know, when he and the answer is is because he's Christian Pulisic's friend. But um well, I, I still can see with him like from a technical ability, like his like close ball control and stuff like that is is cleaner than most of our guys. It's just yeah, he's not doing the right things with it right now. Like I can see in a different headspace how he could actually be like pretty useful. And when I say most of our guys, I'm talking about like this bull cup roster. Like, no, I think that he's not supplanted like you know our a team guys for all these starting minutes or even like first off the bench style things if he keeps getting called into like our b team stuff for another calendar year to like see if he can figure it out like i'm i'm fine with that because i think that there is still like something there it's just yeah, I'd, I'd agree i'd agree with that and the thing that i try to remind myself of is do you remember how uh jedi robinson looked for his like first five yeah but jet but jet but jedi was like 20 yeah yeah. or 21 my like my my thing with zendejas is like if 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 they announce a roster and you see zendejas and you don't see paredes or you see zendejas and you don't see malik tillman or you see paredes or you see zendejas and you don't see insert you know winger type substance here like are, are you that stoked and like that's that's my thing with him is that like 
I probably would rather Paredes. I probably would rather um, Jordan Morris, to be honest. Like no. Jordan Morris. I like, but no. but my point is, is that like. Dude, all right, you're you're trolling now. But Paredes. I'm, no, like I'm Paredes making a, I'm making a broader point. I'm making a broader point about about how like unexcited I am by Alex and Dejas in the same way that I'm unexcited by a number of players for one reason or another. I, I, I wish I could give this person credit because I forget who it was, but somebody said uh, uh, something to the effect of uh, Zendejas has given me Tyler Boyd vibes. <laughs> great, great I comparison. Feel pretty, I feel, that, feel that in my soul. <laughs> I, rem- I I was a huge Tyler Boyd fan for some reason. Like I really thought he was going to be like that dude. Yeah, I was excited for a minute too. I remember I found some like skeevy stream of like whatever uh, whatever Turkish team he was yeah. playing for. Oh, uh, good times. Um, I I thought Christian Roldan played well today. Um, at this point, I think he's actively not like trying not to score goals. Um, he's but, a like guy. he doesn't want to take the 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 spotlight off of his teammates, so he's he'll shank shots if he can't lay them off. Poor guy. It's, it's, um, and and let's talk. And and Cade Cal, right. So Cade Cowell came in. Um, had I think probably like the nicest attacking move by any winger. Um, to get that that shot that came off the post. Yeah. Um, just like doing that Cade Cowell thing where it's like he blows by someone, he gets it onto his right foot, and he just sort of shoots it as hard as he can without really knowing where it's going. And I also want to make sure he gets credit for, so the, the horrific back pass that gave him his goal was obviously very bad, but the thoroughly insulting way he scored the goal. Yeah, was that was fun. awesome. <laughs> Could he have done the Jesus Ferreira, just take it, you know, first time past the goalkeeper? Sure. But no, your punishment must be more severe. I'm going to humiliate you and make you fall. Thank you, oh, Kate. it was wonderful. Love He's your really, energy. I really want, like, so I've made this comparison before, and I, maybe the more times I say it, like, he really reminds me of Billy from Stranger Things, and I would really like to have just an all-evil villain attacking trio, so you could put Gio on one side as, the, obviously, the evil villain, Kate right. on the other. I don't know if we have an evil striker. We need to work on that. Sergeant's a ginger. Yeah, yeah the soulless <laughs> thing helps, I guess. <laughs> um, of our strikers, I think Balligan is way too nice uh, mm-hmm. and, sh- and was shell shocked by CONCACAF. Um, <laughs> Pepe seems happy. DK seems super happy. Vasquez's um, got a little bit of an evil Vasquez, yeah, he's, he's got a little bit of it, but he's not very good, um, which is his problem. Um, I think, you know what it is? It's, I think, I think like we got to wait it, to see if DK gets another injury and it, and it, and it turns him heel. Um, <laughs> or you can just start wearing like machinery so you can kind of get like the dark yeah. shade thing. Imagine DK Absolutely. out there in like the double ACL like Bon Joy braces, like like soccer, <laughs> but built like a like a linebacker. Yeah, it looks like Larry Bird at the end of his career or something. I, I, I just like I'm, like the thing is is that like DK, if if he became evil, right? Like evil DK like would be phenomenal because he could finally yeah. use that that like the 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 strength that he has and the power that he has to like yeah. mess with people. Do you have any thoughts about Julian Gressel while we're here? good for him he's mazel tov on the birth of your second child again they yes. mention it every time yes. <laughs> yeah i mean if we're gonna play wing backs, he, maybe he'd be a good wing back yeah wasn't he a good a really good wing back for atlanta back in the day if we ever decided to go say, that he, route his career peaked when he was speeding like first time crosses or early crosses to like pre-injury 
Martinez while he also had like Almiron like pulling teams yeah. apart. Like he fit a very, very specific role and he did it extremely well. And like he is a good early crosser of the ball, but you need more than like that out of the position because you don't have we don't have the talent disparity at like striker and attacking midfielder that like Atlanta did with those teams where you're like, hey, our wingers don't have to do anything other than like feed these two guys. Yeah, yeah, and to pull another Tyler Boyd style reference, I'm getting uh, I'm getting hard uh, Dom Dwyer vibes from Ooh, uh, Julian Gressel. That's much meaner though. <laughs> <laughs> um, what a what a weird kid. There were like windows where I thought that he was really like going around the corner. I, I always thought that he was good with like the ball, like at his feet. I thought that he had some like tools. And is he still in MLS? Even I think so. He is. I think he plays for DC. Is that so, right? so who was it who paid like a boatload of money for him? It's mm-hmm. not like it was like right after he scored like a goal for like the U.S. national team. Because wasn't he a dual national? He, he committed to the U.S., scored a goal in like a gold cup or something like that, and then like Casey flipped him like immediately for like five or six million bucks. The internet tells me he's in Orlando. Maybe it was Orlando who bought him. Who bought him? <laughs> he's from Cuckfield, United Kingdom. That's I, would, not great. I would tell people I'm from Cuckfield. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Fut, Fut Mob has him not playing a game since last October. Yeah, without club. <laughs> Who was not great. Um, maybe it was Orlando. Orlando, you know, I take it back. Maybe it was only like a million bucks they paid for him. But I still remember thinking like, huh, that guy? <laughs> that, that guy? You? Him? Um, should Shall we talk about the, the best player in CONCACAF, the Pirate of the Caribbean? Um <laughs> The guy who's who is racking up like plaudits from from announcers saying things like one of only four players to have an entire first half hat trick. And it's like, yes, he now yes, has he more okay. hat tricks. He's the most hat tricks in U.S. men's national team history. He's like tied, yeah, one, tied, one behind, tied with tied tied or one behind uh, Donovan. Yeah, I think I think tonight tied him. No, oh, you're right. Tonight tied him. You're right. Okay, I'm sorry. Right. Um, which yeah. is like. I like I, I don't know like you know how like every now and then like your school or your team has like oh yeah so and so has the career record for touchdown pass and you're like fucking how man that was like like, like Matt Trannon has the record for most catches in a season for Michigan State because John L. Smith was throwing the ball too many times and you're like Michigan State has had so many good wide receivers right like why is Matt Trannon the answer to this <laughs> trivia question didn't the work he set some like passing records like single season yeah. And Lewerke did. Peyton Thorne has the touchdowns in a season record. Um, Like you have all sorts. And like, again, Michigan State has had some great court. Well, good quarterbacks, but great wide receivers. Like, like you can go down the list of Michigan State wide receivers and be like, wow, that's a really good group. I think Charles Rogers didn't end up being good. I'm so sad. Uh, Blame it on. uh, I mean, if you really want the answer to why Charles uh, no, I I think that that there's a very easy answer. And the answer is the overprescription of magic medication. Uh, for painkillers, that's my answer. I think that he got addicted to opiates, and that's. Not I think great. that that's a that's a pro, this is going way off the topic of a soccer podcast. But I think that the overprescription of of opiates has created a lot of problems in this country in the last mm. ten to fifteen years, and I really, mm. really would like to get that under control. That'd be that'd be neat. Yeah, right. it's, it's 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 job numero uno uh, on the list. Um, anyways. <laughs> Um, so, 
Back to Ferrera. Opioids, <laughs> not opiates. That's going to bother me. I needed to correct myself. Opioids, not opiates. Um, um, yeah, no, no. Jesus Ferreira is just like, like the thing is about him is that he is really, really good at what he does against really bad teams. He is Jimmer Fredette. Jimmer Fredette <laughs> was not an NBA player, but you, he went over to China and they built statues to him. Uh, he's he's so stylish. Like I just love the way he plays, and he he's awesome. I love having him. Yeah, he hasn't been able to do it against higher level competition. So I really need him to go somewhere and either learn how to do it against higher competition or, or confirm, prove that he just can't. Right. Like, I would love to see him in like in like um like you're telling me that George uh, Mihailovic can play at Azad and and for a camp. Like, he's on some big he makes so much money so like so, i would never leave if i were him if i were him i see no reason to leave yeah. make a lot of money score a lot of goals get called up to the national team it's fine can i make a, just a super nerdy comparison here is it nerdier than dom dwyer <laughs> I'll, I'll let you be the judge um so prior to kids like i grew up with a, a table tennis ping pong table sure. and like for a regular person i'm really really good like I would whip your ass. No offense. Um, but I decided. Uh, I've, I've, I've actually seen um, Kevin play play table tennis. Uh, th- those games usually ended with um, with with uh, balls getting hit at people or, or paddles <laughs> yeah. getting thrown at people. Correct. Did, did you go to a tournament or something, Ben? Well, here's yeah, my here's, here's my nerdiness. I started going to table tennis clubs where I met. People named like Dong Dong, like for real. His name was Dong Dong. And anyway, so like I like I went out and bought like a hundred dollar table tennis pedal. Like I w- started going to these clubs where you would like go on Tuesday night, and it was just this like weird rec center, and you'd play from like seven p.m. till midnight. I and mean, this was before I had kids. I obviously can't do this anymore, but yeah. like it was fun. And like I was never as good as those guys, but I started getting better. And my whole point here is saying like. When I play like a random person, you can get away with things. But like the second you start playing those guys and the ball is an inch higher than it was against like random friend, you're screwed. So I think that's the point where I'd like to see Jesus Ferreira play. Like when when he plays, you know, Trinidad and Tobago, he can pop that ball up and take a half a second and slot it away. When he plays Mexico, he can't. When he plays the Netherlands, he can't. Like he just needs to go somewhere where the margins are so much finer that he either needs to learn to deal with those margins or we need to learn that he just can't do it on that level. And either way, I think, I think that he's, again, like we are going to have games where we are going to play away in Guatemala and we don't want Falar and Balogun to get piss thrown at him. And like, (laughs) You need you need depth. You need other guys. You need rotation. People get hurt. People people don't want to do it. And look, I actually think that Jesus. The most interesting thing that happened, in, as far as I'm concerned tonight, is Jesus Ferreira played as an eight for the last like ten minutes of that game. He did. Play. Um, yeah. He played like in that band of three. Now, granted, like when Sands is on the field, like you can sort of and against Trinidad, like he wasn't like play, doing the hard stuff of box to box midfielding, but like. <laughs> It may be a race of point. BJ Callahan, why are you leaving your leading scorer on at the end to get his ankles? That was weird. Because, because fuck you, that's why. <laughs> so, and earlier when I said double pivot, maybe I'm like being 
wrong and it versus like having like a, a, a six, eight and a 10, like in a midfield. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I think maybe like that is like that. Like, I think like what it is is we need like two, six and a half or two, like six, eight, six, eight, and then an eight, 10. Yeah. Like I used to, when I was doing depth charts, I used to call it like we had offensive leaning eights and defensive leaning eights. So like, I don't know that Pereira fits into either one of those, but there no. are that style. Those, those styles of players do exist. He, he fits into the Gio Reyna midfield role. Right. Except that it's the, the difference being, of course, not only that Gio's a lot better, but like Gio's strong as shit. He's a and big can hold up. Yeah. And he will track back and he'll collect possession. Right. In your end and carry it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, okay. But like you could, you could see a situation where you're playing McKenny and, or you're playing Adams and and McKenny or Adams and Musa, and you're like, yeah, screw it. Like instead of playing Brendan Aronson here, we'll just play Jesus Ferrer, which is the same thing, just offense for defense. Gio Reyna is six one. Yeah, he's huge. He, he, he might be like six one, like one eighty. Well, they're always skinnier than you think. He's probably like six one, one sixty five. But yeah, like, but that's like Devonte Smith sized. <laughs> Right. <laughs> As opposed to Ferreira, who's probably 5'8", 120. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the one thing with, with Ferreira, and I, I mean, you made the point about, like, the ball popping up on him, but he also just would whiff on, like, better chances than he's scoring in this tournament. Like, flat out. Like, I, I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe there, there was some right, thing. I, so I want to ask you guys, because I'm not sure. Does he do that on purpose? I think so. At at this point, I think, I think he's doing it on purpose. He pops it up a little bit and then hits it immediately. Is that like a technique thing? You think he's doing it? It has to be. Other, have you ever seen a striker do that? Like two games in a row and he does it every game. Like, I I think it's like a thing he does, but like my, my, my thing with Ferreira and my thing with, with like the whole sort of setup such as it is, is that it's like Ferreira is a good enough player against these types of teams. And that works for me. That's like good enough for me. Yeah. I mean, flat track bullies are useful when you're on a flat track. <laughs> yeah. It's a good way of putting it. Um, I, I just want to point out here that uh, Mexico is a, is, is currently uh, tied with Qatar in the 23rd minute. Wait, Qatar yeah. is in this again? Yeah. Qatar's still in this. Yeah. Uh, and huh. they're, they're tied in the 25th minute. And if Mexico loses this, they're out. No, they can't be out. No, I think they're already through. I thought they're on like they're on they're on six, but if oh no, no, never mind. They would have to lose by like five goals. I, was saying, I think they're through. Um, um I miss I misread that. Um, I'm also watching this game and like Qatar's not gonna beat Mexico. Although they're playing I all right, I this is actually I think kind of like a true nod to how little Mexico respects Qatar's. They they're starting um Edison Alvarez is a center back, but he's basically just like sitting in front of like another center back and like two wing backs. They're like, no, we're oh. playing this game with like one center back and then a bunch of our wingers pressed high up the field and like Alvarez dealing from like deep. So, did Mexico get their mojo back a little bit with their new guy? Uh, I haven't I mean, watched who, who, who they've been beating. Like, who uh, they play? They, uh, they beat um, Haiti, Honduras, and are playing Tar. So. Yeah. So yeah, they got our mojo back. Like if like somehow we had lost Nations League and then we beat St. Kitts and Nevis and Trinidad by twelve goals, we're like, oh, we're back, baby. Like the back. <laughs> we're back like Texas. 
Yeah, um, no, it's much like Texas. Much like Texas. Um, Mexico and Texas is a pretty good, uh, a pretty good comparison, actually. Chaos. It's not, yeah, it's not terrible. Um, like, why are they, they have eighty million a country with eighty million people that love soccer and they can't be good somehow? Uh, I, I blame it on a combination of Steve Sarkeesian and um, <laughs> overrating their own players. Um, they should just anyways. throw a lot of money at a Manning. See what happens. See what happens. There are worse things. There are worse theories. <laughs> it, the, you make the overrating their own players as far as like the you can sell players within Liga MacDies for so much money. Ooh, Qatar's up one nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's always fun. <laughs> They're back, baby. Um, <laughs> we're back. Um, that's awesome. That's direct- amazing. This might be one of the first times that this has happened where, like, you're talking about, like, if Ferreira could move to another, move to Europe, and we're like, oh, he, he's on, like, you know, his wages are way too high, he's making way too much money. Like, I don't know if that's ever, like, happened to a young American player. Like, yes, we've overpaid for old people five, six years ago. But this is, like, the first time where it's like, oh, no, like, we threw the bag at at, at Jesus. Like, there's no, no way anyone's going to pay him, like, you know, however much money a year it would take to like get him off of his contract. Yeah. I feel like he would do really well in the Netherlands. Like that would be yeah. a good move for him. I think so. Like an offensively focused. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've always felt like our guys, like our, the first stop for all Americans should be um, Netherlands, Belgium, or yeah. uh, like, or, or like those three. So Red Netherlands, Bull Belgium, <laughs> Red Bull Salzburg or uh, Germany. Like, I, I feel like those are like like MLS, but better is those leagues as opposed to like if you go to Italy, you're like, oh shit! They're not only are they playing defense, but they want to play defense. Why are we doing this? Why have I come here? And the answer is, is for canals. Uh, it's very pretty um, in Venice. I'm told I've never actually been. I don't know if you guys have ever been to Venice. So, so, so Ferreras on like 1.8 million guaranteed. That's like one percent of what he could make in Saudi. <laughs> do you remember but, when uh like it was all like uh the chinese super league is going to ruin yeah. soccer i just feel like that's where we're at with uh the saudi thing like, my 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 whole years. point of view my whole point of view on saudi is um it's just there's just more room for americans in uh in, in really? high level squads yeah like that's all you're doing is you're just making it easier for americans to find jobs in europe and that's awesome that works for me I think that the Saudi league could be has a better pathway to being like relevant than like the the Chinese Super League. Like geographic proximity is part of it. Like a lot of these players already vacation like in in the Middle East. Like whereas like China's kind of you know it's it's it's, its own entity. It so I don't I don't think it's going to like over all of a sudden be the best league in the world. And I think that they'll probably get sick of spending money on it. But I don't think that they really care about spending money. They do not. Like, that's not the point. Like, money um, is literally not an object. How much is, like, Angola Conte's? Like, they're paying... 100 million. Oh, um, yeah. And so I, I think that brings us to the point that um, this podcast, if the Saudi League uh, came after us and asked us to break our contract, with uh, Touchline Media Group and become okay. the official voice of Saudi football, then guess what? Um, we we would consider it. Please, I would yeah, so, so fast. Dress me up. 
<laughs> I, I would I would sell it so fast it would make your head spin. Um, <clears throat> you can find uh, the other sellouts. Uh, you can find Ben at BL Herald. Um, we're not asking him uh, to do anything for HalfSpaces.com right now. Um, it's we're, we're giving him a, a well deserved break. Um, he'll be back when he feels he's ready. Um, but in the meantime, you should still go to the site because he's still paying for it and he still gets ad revenue yeah, from it. Like twenty dollars every four years or something. So yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not breaking the budget. Um, you can find Kevin on Twitter at Kev underscore Kwiatkowski. Uh, you can find him on Reddit. I haven't yet, but I'm sure you can. Uh, you can find me Diamonds Esquire or at TLS TDS. Um, if Blue Sky ever becomes a thing, we're going to join it. Um, ideally with our current handle. Um, Twitter does seem to be breaking a little bit. Uh, I don't know if that's a permanent thing. We've seen that before. It might come back. It might not. Um, uh, but stick with us. Um, we will get our Instagram just up and running just as soon as Twitter does in fact die. Um, so we'll see. Um, special thank you to our sponsors, Smith Workforce Management Group, whoever Blue Air decides to put in, probably Bird Dogs. Um, please like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your local Saudi League aficionado. Um, we know that there are a lot of them and they, they love football. Um, but please want to buy halfspaces.com. I'm available. (laughs) (laughs) But obviously, dear listener, uh, we couldn't and wouldn't do this without you. So thank you so much. And we will see you next time. Podcast Network.